Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. Are you over 60 and still working? If so, you're part of a growing trend. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics now projects that by 2024, that's next year, women over 65 will make up one-fourth of the female workforce. And older men are projected to make up just a little more than one-fifth of the male workforce. Even if you're not engaged in for-pay work, your impact on the economy, both domestically and globally, is significant. From the 2023 AARP report, How Women 50-plus Are Driving the Global Longevity Economy, the population of women aged 50-plus is experiencing remarkable growth. The current population of 1.9 billion adults aged 50 and over is expected to balloon by 70% by 2050 to 3.2 billion, and the expected population of women age 60 plus by 2050 is 1.14 billion. The quote continues, around the globe, the evolution of 50 plus women's life expectancies, statuses, and roles situates this population as a powerful engine driving what is now recognized as the global longevity economy. Close quote. Now, continuing to quote from the report, the global longevity economy is comprised of the vast economic impact of people age 50 and over within and across nations, driving increases in the GDP, the gross domestic product, in job creation and income generation. In 2020, people aged 50 and over contributed $45 trillion to the global GDP. By 2050, their contribution is expected to more than double to $118 trillion. The global 50-plus population is making significant and increasing economic contributions. These benefits are distributed across economies of all sizes and every stage of demographic and economic development, unquote. Older women are leading the way in the global longevity economy through not just their paid work, but offer their volunteerism in retirement, unpaid caregiving, and their purchasing power. A fact sheet produced this month, May 2023, by the Center for American Progress outlines five facts on older women in the labor market. The article begins, quote, older women have made significant recoveries from their disproportionate labor force declines due to the pandemic and will become a larger share of the labor force in the coming decade. But there are many women in this age group who face barriers to entering and staying in the labor force, unquote. unquote. The facts then listed and discussed, but I'm just going to list them here, are 1. Over the past two decades, older women have become a large and growing share of the labor force. 2. Older women's labor market engagement suffered during the pandemic 
but is recovering. Three, workforce projections point to continued growth in older women's employment. Four, despite employment gains, older women experience larger gender wage gaps. And five, older women face unique challenges in maintaining labor force attachment. I think that's just, I don't know, bureaucratic speak of uh, staying in the labor force. These challenges to staying in the workforce disproportionately affect lower income black and brown women, primarily because of their disproportionate role as family caregivers and their own personal health and economic challenges. And that means any efforts to implement new Medicaid work requirements would most certainly place hardships, especially on older women who provide care for older adults. The American Progress article cites additional issues that disproportionately adversely affect older women, such as pay equity, job quality, economic mobility, and protections against age, as well as gender discrimination. And because women still earn less than 80 cents to the dollar than men, they qualify for lower social security payments when they retire. The implications of lost time in the workplace and barriers to retirement savings are of particular concern to Naomi Stanhouse, an economic security and later life consultant to the RRF Foundation for Aging and a recent guest on the Center for American Progress's webinar on older women in the workforce that I um, tuned in on to. So Stanhouse maintains, quote, public policy that is good for older women is good for all women and good for everyone, unquote. She advocates building on the administration's caregiving national agenda. Caregivers, she points out, are spending on average $7,200 of their own income on caregiving, which is an average 26% of their modest income. A spouse caring for someone with Alzheimer's disease or mental health issues is spending upward of $8,000 annually. This is not just the economic justice as older women deserve, Stanhouse says. Quote, let's use some excellent resources that provide sound data to make the case for economic justice for older women, unquote. She cites the Older Worker and Retirement Chartbook from the New School's Schwartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis. Also, the National Academy of Social Insurance is releasing a report on the impact on COVID, of uh, COVID-19 on social insurance programs with lessons learned and policy recommendations and a series of advocate fact sheets that address needed Social Security and Medicare reforms. The National Council on Aging and the Women's Institute for Secure Retirement, the acronym for which is WISER, W-I-S-E-R, have recently issued a report on lifetime work for women. Entitled, What Women Say, Insights and Policy Solutions for Lifelong Financial Security, 
The report details results from two national surveys that show widespread support across generations for retirement security protections and opportunities. It found that more than 90% of women age 25 and older support policies that make the cost of living adjustment for social security benefits more accurately reflect the costs of housing and health care, provide a tax break to family caregivers, raise the minimum social security benefit to above the federal poverty level, improve access to supplemental security income, provide free educational programs to middle-aged and older adults on how to save for retirement and make the most of their social security benefits, create a government-provided retirement plan that would allow workers whose employers do not currently provide one to set aside their savings tax-free until they retire and start withdrawing front, uh, funds from the account, provide government assistance to lower-income older adults to help pay for basic needs, and create a government program that provides up to 12 weeks of paid leave to workers who need to leave to care for a seriously ill family member. Now, of course, when you start talking about government-provided programs, you are looking at increased government expenses, and I do want to point that out. Stanhouse also advocates for the creation of an Older Workers Bureau, as delineated in the Older Workers Bureau Act, introduced during both the 2021 and 2022 congressional sessions by two Democratic um, members of Congress, Representatives Don Bayer of Virginia and Marie Newman of Illinois. <clears throat> the Older Workers Bureau Act would establish a bureau under the Department of Labor, and that bureau would be tasked with identifying challenges facing workers aged 55 and up, and with guiding future policy to support the welfare of older workers. I want to emphasize these are bills that have been introduced in Congress, but are certainly not yet law, but you can certainly look them up. I'm posting um, links to all these resources, as usual, on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. In their press release on the 2022 bill, Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Newman is quoted as saying, every American deserves to live with the dignity that comes with an honest day's work. Yet older Americans face enormous barriers and outright discrimination as they seek employment in an ever-changing economy. Now more than ever, as older Americans contemplate returning to a post-COVID workplace, we must equip them with the tools and resources to be successful. Their rich experiences, knowledge, and skill sets are an asset to any company or industry. An Older Workers Bureau will help get these job seekers back to work, unquote. Now, specifically, the Older Workers Bureau Act would authorize $7 million a year for the new bureau to support older workers by promoting their welfare, improving working conditions, increasing efficiency, and advancing employment opportunities. Specifically, that bill would provide research and coordination relating to issues facing older workers, develop potential policy solutions, 
provide outreach and education to institutions, and administer grant programs to expand research into older workers and to combat structural ageism in the workplace. Now, um, if you are interested in an older workers bureau or an older workers, uh, older workers legislation, either at the state or uh, federal level, you can do some research and see where uh, you need to speak up and speak out and show up. A study reported on in Forbes magazine in 2021 found that the double whammy of ageism and sexism, otherwise called intersectional discrimination, is found to be widespread and really a no-win situation. Quote, Gendered ageism has long-term implications for retirement, with more than half of those surveyed reporting that they do not have enough money to retire, and nearly all, 95%, of those over 53, including those 65 to 70, stating that they want or need to keep working. Yet more than a quarter, 28%, of women 59 to 65 thought their chances of continuing to work were fair or poor. And the most common reason stated was, quote, my company does not value older workers, unquote. But there is so much value in older women who work. In fact, the 15th book in the American Psychological Association's Psychology of Women series is entitled Older Women Who Work. Resilience, Choice, and Change. And according to the write-up, it provides one of the first in-depth examinations of women age 65 and older who have delayed retirement, explores uh, and explores the personal and career identity, social roles, and quality of life concerns of these women. Chapter authors share insights about how organizational leaders can change societal structures to better support the motivations and needs of diverse older women in the workplace, and how consultants, educators, and mental health professionals can encourage development of personal grit to help the growing numbers of older women exercise their right to opportunities and to be adaptable in the face of employment challenges. It sounds like an interesting read to me. Thanks for listening. Again, resources will be on the Women's uh, Woman Worthy Facebook page. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.